Welcome to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures where we chat fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning. All thanks to our good mates at Club Marine. Redmond, good morning. Good morning, Patrick. I was... Uh Still got half a mouthful of food. I was just in, indulging. Brekkie. Yeah, just some breakfast. Morning brekkie. Love it was that. absolutely delicious and half still sitting in front of me. Bacon and egg roll. The, um, I think the bacon and egg roll, it really is a staple before you head out for it. Like, <laughs> especially when, you, when we go out. Like that's the first thing. We get sausage rolls. You don't get them cooked yet because the pie warmer. <laughs> and you get the bacon and egg roll. Yep. And then if the swell's really up... Get a couple of coffees. It's just a, <laughs> well, beautiful, it's a beautiful mixture. New sticker in the car. It was going to be in the boat, but it's in the car now. In my car. No coffees allowed. I don't drink coffee, and I can't stand everyone's craze on coffee. We've spoken about it on the show. It does my head in. There's nothing worse than going somewhere... I'm just going to run in and grab a coffee. You're not going to run in and grab a coffee because they need to make it and I'm not sitting here for 15 minutes. Oh, it does my head in. I'm actually happy because my morning coffee run now is back to what it normally is. Because of oat, oat latte or something? It's the oat latte. For those of you that haven't tried it, give it a go. Um, no, because summer is just ridiculous. You can't go to any coffee shop because everyone that's from Melbourne comes down to the coast and then... You're lining up for 25 minutes. So I'm the home brew in summer. You're doing it at home. Yeah. And, you know, I have enjoyed it. Saved myself six bucks every morning. But once everything goes back to normal, school school's back. It's not just six bucks you're saving. Sammy Goodwin, good friend of the show, our, our chef. Our, our chef resident uh, really adventure chef. Spoke to Sammy the other day. They've cut out the coffees in the morning, buying them. Because they have one to two coffees a day, say. He wanted to buy another house and can do it in probably, about three weeks. Probably. But he, uh, he has cut it out. Because it's saving him about 90 bucks a week. Yeah, know, it's crazy. On coffee, just coffee that he can make at home. He's got a good coffee machine at home. Yep. So now they spend the time making it. And the amount of money people spend on coffee, you could literally buy fishing gear with. And coffee sucks. <laughs> I don't know what the craze on coffee. I don't understand it. And I do like the taste of it. I've, I just don't see the point of it. I've become addicted. My to old it. man in the afternoon, 35, 40 degree day, four or five coffees. Like, just have a glass of water, mate. Like, how are you drinking coffee? Anyway, let's get back to some relevant stuff. Hey, I took George out. Uh, you did? Over the weekend. Jeez, he loved it. I sent, you sent some photos. His yeah. face was... Oh, bloody funny catching some salmon. Because I, I bought him this tiny little Shimano rod. It was about 30 bucks. Um, I think it was from, might have been from Anaconda. Matched with a $1,300 Stella. No, no, no. It was a little <laughs> two and a half thousand uh, Stratic. Perfect little They're combo. A good reel, good reel. And um, it was perfect for him because he can hold it by himself. And nice and light. Jeezy had fun with it. Like, that, yeah, it's actually worth spending them, like, it's bugger all money, you know, 30 bucks for a rod. Something that they can actually hold themselves because yep. they genuinely feel like, oh, this is my rod, you know, it's my little thing that's on the boat, and he just he had a ball. Yeah, uh, salmon, you were catching salmon and made big, and big ones. I don't think like they're just active, like they're just the kids would love it. Like it's not yeah. sitting around waiting, trolling. No. Were you trolling or casting? Trolling, trolling? and yeah. it's a great way to yep. if you want to get your kids into fishing, and particularly if you if, if you've got a boat at home. Obviously, the jetties and there's beaches and that sort of stuff, but. Kids love trolling. They love doing stuff, don't I they? I actually sent you a message during the week, and you didn't reply as usual. I said, you, you popped it up on Instagram that George is at school, and it literally, I've had people, so many people, like, put their kids in school, blah, blah, blah. We started this radio show when George was born. Yes, we, he literally we came did. into the, like, that couple of days afterwards I met him. 
Like literally, because we announced in Melbourne. it on the show. Yeah, in yes. Melbourne, literally we in did. Melbourne. I, I'm just, I forget that. I literally message you. I'm like, George in school. Like what the? Yep. <laughs> I, that, that, I couldn't believe it. Like it just blew. Refresher. Like I see George. I don't see him a hell of a lot, but I see him enough. And then to be at school just blew my mind. Like I know most people say, "Oh, kids are at school," and you're like, oh, "I can't believe he's at school." It actually blew my mind for once. That, that is so funny. You're right. Showing our, our age. Our very first show. You know, I'm broke. <laughs> I'm as broke as you can get it. You know that. I moved into my new house yesterday. Yes, so which is very exciting. And and how much have you enjoyed moving boxes? Is there nothing nothing quite like packing up? <sighs> I should be playing on my heart a bit more. Let's put it that way. Because I've been packing. I've been good. It sucks. There's nothing worse than it. Did I? Did you not? Or did I? Or did I not? I said to you, bring a skip and burn the lot, regardless of whether it's good. Like, <laughs> why it would is- you bring a skip? Just burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> Moving is the biggest pain in the ass. It would it be sus, especially in a house on insurance that got burnt <laughs> down just before you go into a new one. But you know the biggest problem is, I always the the pride that I took in unloading was always the shed first, setting up yeah. all the gear, I'm, I'm, outdoor there's gear. There's no point in me the having fishing pride. gear, and I'm, the rest of the house was I'm, just later. I'm banned from it. I'm literally banned. All my mates who fish with me have literally banned me. Kane, Lockie, everyone has banned me out of the shed. They're doing it because they know that it will just get thrown in. That's I'm banned out of my own shed. No, but what I was going back to was... It wasn't the house that you bought. You have purchased a jet ski. Yeah, this is coming back to it. So I've got no money. I'm well, broke as it gets. How many I bought times? a new Ram, which I just received, which we're going to talk about next week's show because I want to drive for a week. <sighs> Why did you buy a jet ski? I'm a wanker. <laughs> I'm officially a wanker. Well, I bought a jet ski. How many times on this show have we spoken, have you spoken yep. about these nuffies on jet skis and now you... But I'm going to be one of the nuffies that isn't a nuffie. You are one of them. No, that's not true. I got it cheap, real cheap. <laughs> so my cousin was selling it and I've stooged my cousin. I hope he doesn't listen to the show. Oh, no. but the problem is, and I know I'm safe here, I haven't told Kari that I've bought the jet ski yet. Oh, no. So I know she's safe saying it here. She does not. She listens to enough crap that I talk at home. She's not going to listen to our radio show. So what she when when it arrives in the driveway? No, what, no, what no. no I'm leaving it in brother's place. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to say, "What's your brother bought a ridiculous jet ski for?" And you'll say, would, "Yeah, what it is." No, and then when I got to take it to my place because he's got to cover his because he's a marine mechanic. I'll say, "Oh, he's just got too much. Uh, he's bought a jet ski. He's got too much." Boats at his house, at his pool, so he's got to leave it here for a bit. Is that all right? It's work. It's work. It's work. Like it's, what, uh, what do you envision yourself doing with this jet ski? If I, don't I actually had a jet ski a long time ago, and I loved it. And I've, I think I even said to you multiple times, I do want to buy a jet ski when Finn's a little bit older. He's, he's about, yeah, it's, he's it's about a, three weeks older than what I said last time. It's a great thing for kids, jet ski. It's very safe. My kid is mental. He has not. He's not the normal kid. He's a psycho. So we'll put him on a jet ski. I haven't sick. got him on there yet, and I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know. I don't. I can't. Anything I say is not going to validate why I bought it. So you're right. What I, I just want you to keep digging. So go on, dig away. I just want to go. I just want to have some fun. Well, you I haven't got long left to live. I'm going to just make the most of it. You don't see too many sad people on jet skis, do you? No, you actually don't. But you see a lot of fines getting given out. <laughs> there was over 200 fines given out in the Blitz on the weekend. Um, I was there the last week and the one before. And if you've tried to get like flares lately, I don't know if you've been in, you're Ooh. up to date with this sort of stuff. I tell you They're what, hard you, to get. you cannot get flares. Jake Broadhead, John Marine World, he had some uh, flares in stock he posted on his social media. And don't know if there's any left, but Mate, he did have some. You, you can't get them. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to use this jet ski for. I'm gonna, like, it's going to be, I'm hoping, I want to. Eventually, I know I just got a new place, but I want to get a cabin away from 
the salt water, if this makes sense. I want to go up to the fresh. I want to go somewhere like a Chuka or something yep. with the family. So you've got to remember that a lot of people come down the surf coast to get, a, to, to get away from, I guess, whatever they're used to. Yes. And you've got to remember, I work in the salt every day, beach every day, etc. Uh, so I'm with you. I want to go up to the Chuka. This is why I wanted the jet ski. Hopefully this is relevant. And making you're it up talking the to the wrong person. If there's one person that understands ridiculous purchases, <laughs> I'm with you. Well, this is what I've told Car. Well, haven't. I'm going I've to tell I've got half her. a motorbike at home. <laughs> I've ridden it once. <laughs> what type of motorbike is it? I'd love to see you on a Harley. It's a, it's a dirt bike. It's a dirt bike. Actually, I've seen it on one of your... K- I think I saw it on your Instagram it's, one time. It's KTM. Anyway, I want to go up to the co- I want to go up to the river and get away from the salt. Okay, and that's donut with the kids. Blah blah blah. Don't know if my kid can hold on yet. He's two and a half, nearly three. Can he swim? That's probably a good starting. Life point. jackets have a purpose. <laughs> PFD tight ones are meant to hold the head up. Oh god. Anyway, so I've got no money left. I'm as broke as it gets. I have literally the bank loves me, and basically, I've got a jet ski for no reason. I'm Harvey's with my brother though. It only cost me, I think. Two and a half grand each. Oh, it's an investment in happiness. Yeah, it's work. Hey, speaking of, um, of 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 broke, uh, King George Whiting and Flathead, <laughs> it's around the $100 mark at the moment. So I did it. I actually, social media these days gets a bit ruthless at times as you cop a little bit of crap and I do too. And it's all part my, of the fun or? When you sort of get a certain, certain amount of followers, your page can go, a, a post can go sort of the next level very quickly. And most of my photos that go viral quickly are usually people having a go at me. <laughs> so I caught these flattered. There's nothing the like uh, social media for a bit of abuse. Oh, I love, I love it. <laughs> and that's the thing now. It's like, actually, it's funny. Like, and I was, I had, uh, I had uh, four or five families at my joint for our last hurrah at our house on the weekend. So what do people do when they have people over? They often have a barbecue. Yes. Yep. So people go and they buy sausages and yep. they go buy whatnot. Yep. Instead, Kano and I headed out on the Friday and we loaded up on flathead. Like and that. I went out and caught 40 flathead, 80 fillets of flathead. That night, Kari and I ate probably about 15. We had the night before. And then I went out, sorry, and then I, we saved them for the Sunday when we had the, the, the little, the little shinding. do shinding with, with, with everyone. Your mate, Gaz Rowan, come around. Maddie, Kano, Gibbsy, Sammy, the chef, everyone come around. Little last hurrah at the house. Yeah, that's five people you mentioned, but anyway, go on. <laughs> had a couple of kids. So we've had a few people, and instead of going buying our food, we kept a heap of flathead. And I put it in my title. Got people coming over the weekend, blah, blah, blah. This is why we kept the, so many fish. Oh, did I cop some crap? I have 390 comments of people just abusing me of taking too many fish. I was told that I was over my bag limit multiple times. Under They were all undersized. So I've gone out and caught... People are very astute when they, uh, when they <sighs> see a fish. They can... They read, they can. And it's funny because they send me a screenshot back of the New South Wales guidelines. <laughs> or the Tasmanian guidelines. I don't even live in those states. Like, it's not hard. And I posted... Th- anyway, how good is social media? But back to what you said, flathead, $100 a kilo. I had about four grand's worth of flathead at home. And it, every single bit got eaten. There was nothing left. Nothing. It's we cooked been, it all. I ate a little bit the next day from a cold sanger, but it was beautiful too. It's been uh, a week of, well, mixed weather. There's been a bit of wind, unfortunately. Your week in fishing? No, nah, it hasn't been a week for me. I, it's pack and boxes. I'll be straight up honest. It's pack and boxes this week. Meeting with the accountant, just off the water this week. I misses. I promised her that I'd help her, and I've sat on the couch and supervised. <laughs> so uh, our good man, Gwen uh, Blake. Yeah, I was just about to get into that of Salt Guy. So what's happened this week? Western Port King's still there. Whiting's still there. Whiting's still in Port Phillip Bay. The, the Kings. Let's, let's outside. go back to the Kings. Why is it Western Port is having 
such a great king season. They've never had a run like this before. Compared to Port Phillip. Like Port Phillip will go so now. so much better. Port Phillip will go now. You're It'll confident go, of that. Remember what we speak about on this, all the time with Western Port being shallow, water yeah. temperature hotter? Yeah. Port Phillip will go now. We're seeing good captures. Not so much but this not week. not as consistent the, as what the... It's just starting. It's okay. just, honestly, well, to give you an example, when I was on my Marlin trip last year, which is that end of Feb, start of March, yeah. that was when it was the best in the rip. Gotcha. So we, how long have we got? Have we got two months of it from now? Or what, yeah, like, you've got two to three months of good king fishing. So what is it? Say it's been going for a week now of like... Pretty good, like three to five fish a session. Some people one, some people none, but it's it's going starting. It's starting. It'll get more consistent, and then the rip will be on fire for two two weeks to six weeks. One of the things that you often talk about, and we we always talk about on our show, around kingfish. If you've got the knackers, just to keep one on the end of your line yeah. without ripping it up quickly, you'll catch more. That's the six. That's the a key reason for getting multiple hookups. Yeah, and it's the teenage mutant ninja turtle look that I call it. It's that bend around their eyes when it's fired up. It, that's like fired up and you can keep it fired up inside of the boat. And when it starts to lose its colour through its head, that's when you want to change it, if that makes sense. Yep. You're probably not going to be doing it on these fish. One thing that I've noticed with these kingfish, Pat, is they're big. We've never seen metre kingfish so consistently like this. Metre plus, metre 20. Lee Rayner, we should get him on the show. He's been doming them in Western Port. We, let's try and get him the next couple of weeks to talk about it. But metre 20 kingfish, but not one. Like I'm talking sure. seven, eight, ten days in a row. Mm. And two to three, four, five, six fish in a session. They're big kingfish. We've never had that run here before. The rip, you do get a run of good fish and offshore, but usually you're getting that 60, 50, no, 50 centimetres to 70 centimetre run of rats. We're just not seeing. So hopefully they're the rats that have just grown up. So at the moment, Gwaine, he's targeting them with squid strips or live yeah. squid. Live and yakkers. Yep. Yakkers, I think yakkers have been the best in Western Port. I did two days in the rip last week. And I hooked a 42 kilo bluefin I didn't want to catch, which we spoke about. I did want to catch. I, don't, I shouldn't say that. But it was more like I was targeting kings. And we spoke yep. about it last week. But I didn't get any. And then the, literally two days after I went, we've seen consistency. Reports on, so get, gathering your bait. Has it been hard for anglers? Yeah, or, it has been. Yeah. yeah. Squid, obviously just squid. Like you can go get them relatively easy. Yakas and slimies, on the other hand, have been more on the difficult side. Western Port, I think so many people are looking right now for them. It's getting harder and harder. Um, the only thing I can recommend is just go to your normal haunts that you get them and just get your burly right. If you get your burly right and they're there, you'll catch them. It's just about making... A lot of people doing it now, Pat. Like It's not just your Lee Rainers doing it in your Gwaines. There's 50 to 200 boats out in Western Port chasing these kingfish, and you've got to think every one of those boats are chasing live bait. Yep. So it's getting a little bit harder. Hey, did you, just before we wrap up this little segment, did you see, well, do you, you often get fish and chips, don't you? Oh, I do. I did see this. This was a, this was a fascinating report, and it's a little bit concerning or a lot concerning uh, regard, <laughs> regarding a uh, researchers collecting 125 flake samples from takeaway outlets across South Australia. Only 27% were non-endangered or the non-endangered gummy shark. And some, some species not even native to Australia. Yeah, that's what I was so we do not know, like the regulations around fish and chip shops, we've always thought they were dodgy and I don't want to, I apologise to the legitimate fish and chip shops out there. But this is the one that I like the best. Go on. This number. Only 11% of fish and chip shops displayed the correct shark species they sold. 
Oh. 11%. You wouldn't even know, though, mate. You walk into a fish and chip shop, everything is just beer battered yeah. to the absolute oh. hilt. What's yeah. that? That's flake. Yeah, they literally just say, hey. how do you know? And you, when you taste it, though, sometimes you get a piece. Like, Cara and I well, weren't named the fish and chip shop. We got a piece the other week, and it was... I didn't order it. Kari had it. Kari goes, Aaron, what's that? And I'm pretty good at distinguishing what it is. I've eaten a lot of local shark around here. And I'm like, that. I don't know what that is, but don't eat it. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, it had a... It, it was not... It's like a fish stick. What's a fish stick? Do you know what that is? They're unbelievable. That's what you they are. I don't know what it is, I don't though. care, Pat. They are unbelievable. <laughs> the I call them. A, we call them a crab stick. Yes. Crab, yeah, crab stick. <laughs> but what is it? It's not crab. It's unbelievable. It's red, white, and a little bit of vinegar. It's absolutely <laughs> delicious. Anyway, don't buy gummy shark from a fish and chip shop that displays gummy shark because you've got 11% of the chance of it actually being it. Oh, shocking numbers. We've got a massive show of, uh, of real adventures coming your way this morning. We're chatting to, uh, to Hardy Redmond a little Ooh. bit later in the show from Hook, Line and Sinker. Uh, the boys will be on for a great chat. They're always uh, always exciting. But after the break, uh, we'll find out what is biting around the country. Stick around. This is Real Adventures for Club Marine. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for the whip around. Thanks to Club Marine. Now, Redmond, let's get straight into New South Wales. The Marlin Bite is heating up. It's getting better and better. The southeast coast, the water temperatures are all twenty-five degrees. In the right ranges, we're seeing stripes, blacks, and blues. It's going to be a cracker year. It's getting better. We spoke about it. It's getting better and better on the Marlin front. Up higher is going even better as well, and it's going to come down to exactly where I'm going to destroy your boat. <laughs> Botany Bay, uh, there's been heaps of fish uh, at the moment. It's fishing really well. Garfish, that's my mistake. I, you've read, you've read the script right. I didn't. I wrote farfish. There's plenty of garfish. Sorry. And great fun. No, that was my fault. I'll take the blame. I'll take the hit. They are great fun to catch bat garfish. They are seriously great on a float with kids. You'll have a ball, but not only that, they're great to eat. They are fantastic to eat. You can roll the bones out of them or you can just chew through them like a lot of people do. They actually do. They cook down quite well, especially the smaller ones. And uh, that is in the Botany Bay region. So that's the place to be. Queensland, some huge GTs are coming out of Bundaberg at the moment on poppers and, and fishing through the surface. The Burnett River's seen some huge mud crabs uh, as well, uh, as well as the Noosa Rivers reporting really good captures uh, of brim. Uh, on soft plastics, just finding the, the structure Redmond around sort of boats that have been there a while on those changing tides. Uh, some good reports there. Let's head over to the west. Yep, there's uh, some new fads, Pat, that have been put in off, uh, put in off WA. The fish aggregating devices. Yep, so they've been poid, uh, employed, it's employed, <laughs> deployed at Cape Naturalist. So it's, a, it's out off there, but the good thing is we're seeing how good the fads have worked off Perth, Albany, etc. There's a lot of places where they've worked. And to have the government put money involved into these, because right now the report from WA is the mahi-mahi are going great. There's a few marlin up a bit higher up Exmouth, etc. The fads work, the money have been put into them, and there's been four more new ones deployed. So it's great to see the government actually putting some money and time into this, the stuff that is actually working. South Australia, tuna out of Warina are firing hard. Small-skirted lures and divers are uh, doing quite well. Our great mate, uh, Nettie, Nettie McHenry, he's been catching Does a he few play nice footy at tuna all? as well. No, 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 he is a... Farmer? He's a full-time radio fisherman and right. a part-time footballer. 
And then a little bit of a farmer too. And a little bit of a farmer. Yeah. Uh, Cape Jervis, seen plenty of calamari, Redmond, land-based. Um, but also working those weed patches, there's been plenty of reports. If you find the weed patches and you're working between those little sand skirts, then you'll get onto the squid as well. Yeah, they're pretty simple to catch. You just find the weed, get your jig sinking at the right rate, and you'll catch them. Uh, the Mercy River in Tazipat. Some great size floodies. Yeah, really good ones. Pilchards work well, but also the soft plastics for the uh, for the bigger fish are are producing the bigger fish. So don't be afraid to have a big plastic or a big swim bait or something that were, hits the ground hard and you'll catch big frogs. Plus, Hardy was just giving us a live report yep. on some nice kingfish as well. Can't complain about that. And then you've got the northwest coast. And these bluefin tuna, they just keep going, showing up everywhere, Pat. It's everywhere. a good size, up to 30 kilos Monsters, as well. Monsters, yep. And once again, just those small lures and divers, that's what's doing the trick. Are you, in terms of, yeah, obviously mixing up the trolling speeds, that's the reports oh, that you're hearing? Yeah, just it's just more being patient because yeah. the fish are being pricks at times as well. Tazzy probably a bit better bite than here, but even I've been seeing reports, fish are still sunning themselves. So you just need, if you can get birds, if find birds feeding, yeah. the fish yeah. are going to be feeding. So that's the best way. In to terms it. of your fishing in Vic, the times around chasing tuna... Is it get out early, find, yeah. and then just search? Early morning's been the best bite, like, yeah. at the minute. And then on those rough days, which we won't really talk about too much because there's only stupid people out there like me chasing them. So there's, yeah. like, there's 20 knot winds, and that's when you catch it. But I was going to say, they're, they're actually the better days, so It is, they? but it's hard. It's crap fishing. Like, it's crap. Yeah. Like, it's... You're pulling your spine out of your backside two days later, and it's it just hurts. Like, it's... Well, I know you've, you've been doing a bit of filming with Salt Guide and yeah, Craig. Yeah, plenty. But it's one thing, like you can guarantee, not guarantee, but you're a good chance to get good fish on those crap days. But it looks terrible on film. We just don't. We just you're don't do it. trying to show people how to fish for them, but yep. you can't capture it. We are literally picking. We used to just go out to catch fish. Yes, we're going to get them. We're going to get them. Now it's none of that anymore. It is purely like pick the glass out days, and ours is all more about content. But because. It just looks crap on camera. And, and that's, we and that's actually it, when people are fishing for them Exactly. As well. And we want to make it as approachable as possible. We want people to look at it and go, how nice is that day? Not me going, oh, we got this tune up, hold on. Yep. Bang. This yep. wave comes over the side. Exactly. We want to make it as, as I guess, uh, we want to make it as appealing to, to the public as possible. Well, that's also it's relatable. That's hundred percent. You don't want to, like, I can go out in 20 knot winds and you're going to catch fish, but it looks crap and it's not nice and I'm just too old now. <laughs> that is the whip around uh, you're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, Aaron's ooh, jet ski, ooh. boat, motor, trailer and gear, all in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. After the break, Andrew Hart from Hook, Line and Sinker. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Now time for all aboard for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor and trailer, plus your gear, all-in-one policy, clubmarine.com.au. Andrew Hart, Hardy from Hookline and Sinker joins us this morning. Hardy, thanks for your time, mate. All aboard, boys. How are we? We're going well. Now, it would be rude not to say our favourite half of Hookline and Sinker, wouldn't it? We said it last time with Nick. We gave him that, so we'll say it this <laughs> I don't think you've ever had me on. It's always Nick this, Nick that, Nick this, you know. So, look, I feel very humbled and honoured. Uh, it's because he blo- normally blocks my calls, Patrick. <laughs> well, he refers to himself as the member, so. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, he certainly is the member. He's the member of the upper house, Tasmania down here, and far too important now to, uh, to be seen with smelly fishermen. <laughs> hey, let's chat about your trip. You've, you've obviously travelled extensively for hook, line and sinker, but you've, you've completed a fascinating trip 
uh, for a recent hook, line and sinker series. You took your bar crasher up north, the eastern seaboard. You had some fascinating fishing there. Now, it's one thing to host a, a fishing show, but to actually take your own boat and travel up around Australia, uh, that's another thing entirely. Yeah, it's a good way of doing it because um, you sort of get to see it all. Um, you do spend a few miles in the car, and to be honest, you probably drive past a few fish because you've only got you know, a limited time that you can go and, and be on the road filming. So you've sort of got to pick your destinations quite wisely. But um, look, one of the biggest reasons we did it uh, last season, and, and we've certainly done it in the past, is because we live in Tasmania, um, which at this time of year is, you know, the best state in the world. There's nowhere you'd rather be. But um, in another sort of three months from now, um, it's not so good and it's cold and it's just nice to get north. So it just, it ticks all the boxes. You know, we're able to, we're able to put some exposure onto our, our sponsored boats and our sponsored cars by using them in, in the in the environment they're meant to be used, um, and you know go fish these wonderful places. So you know we started from Melbourne where we picked up a new bar crusher, and over the course of about eighteen months ended up in Darwin, um, you know via Cooktown. So it was a it was a pretty epic trip. It was it's one thing to have a centre console in Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, that's another thing. <laughs> it's another thing to have a beautiful bar crusher 730 and take that around Australia into really why it's built for the top end with, you know, 30 plus degrees every day. Talk us about the boat, the build process for that, and then how you found that, you know, taking that up north because it really is built for those sort of climates where it's just all around fishability uh, and you know, you're able to cast from the front deck. You can catch tuna at the back. You can you can chase billfish. It's a beautiful vehicle. It's probably um yeah, it's probably one of them. Well, it's probably the most versatile um bar crusher we've owned. Um, we've actually got it back down here in Tassie now. I was out on it this morning catching kingfish and flathead. But you're right. It is built for those northern climbs. Um, I think the the thing that really hit it home for me was that I was doing a fair bit of stuff out from sort of Cairns, out from Port Douglas, out from out from Cooktown fishing the Barrier Reef. Now, to get out there, you know, you need a decent boat because it's, it's, it's sort of 20, 30 mile across pretty crappy, choppy water, even on a nice day. Um, but the, the Bar Crusher obviously handled that fine. It's got a big, big, big yammy on the back with all the bells and whistles, that cruise control and helm master and all that. Um, so, you know, it eats that up. But then we're able to, to sneak around the top of the reefs, you know, in half a metre of water, um, Polaroiding GTs and coral trout and red bass on the electric motor while you're standing up the front of the boat. So, you know, for me, it just it ticked all of the boxes. Um, we trailed, we did a heavy tackle session out from Cooktown trying to catch giant marlin. We ended up losing, you know, a smaller model of one, but um, we did that. And then the next day, we were in half a metre of water, um, you know, fishing up GTs and stuff. So, yeah, look, it, it certainly ticks all the boxes. I've since had it back in Tassie. Uh, where at the end of the season of Hookline Sinker last year, we caught two trout out of it in Lake Crescent, uh, <laughs> a ten, you know, a ten-pound trout. So that was really like, right? Well, it's sort of it's done full circle now. It's pretty much done it all. And to tow it up there, obviously one of the major sponsors of the show is Izuzu, and I like the fact that you take a car that hasn't had every inch of its suspension changed, that doesn't have. <laughs> 400 halogen lights attached to the roof. It's a ute, 
and that's what Every, it is. There's not anything added to everyday it. Everyday person. It's, exactly. It's what an everyday person would drive. And you can take that to Cooktown now. You don't have to add every single bell and whistle to your car. No. Look, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a massive rev head petrol fan, petrol head fan anyway, so I, don't, I wouldn't know what to add. But no, look, off the, you know, off the shelf, they are a very capable car. They tow the, they tow the bar crushes, no worries. That's another thing about the bar crushes. They're just really towable and easy to use and easy to keep clean and easy to tow around. Um, and look, I've had that, you know, that Z-Max in some pretty, um, pretty gnarly country, um, not with the bar crusher on it, but, um, you know, four-wheel drive tracks and on the beach and um, it tows it, no worries, up every ramp. It's just, a, it's just, you don't have to think about it. Like, it just takes you there and it's comfortable. And yeah, look, it's a good setup. The, the boat and the car, it's just a great setup to hit the road. Hardy, now, Patrick, this sounds great, this trip, right? What stuffed up? What went wrong? There <laughs> has that, to be there has would, to 18 months. That would be you and I. It'd what be, went wrong? You know? We need to know what went wrong. What are you doing different? What, would you have any major stuff-ups or anything like that that you'd do different again? Uh, I didn't drop any bar crushes this time on the boat <laughs> So pretty much after that, nothing really you know, compares with what goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, don't think I, I don't think I even broke anything. Maybe I was just being a bit too careful. Um, <laughs> That's no, a terrible trip. That can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> no, early on, I was trying too hard. I was putting too much pressure because, we were, you know, I fly in, fly out. Like, it's not like a mining job. But, you know, if I didn't fly in, fly out, I wouldn't have a wife and kids yeah. here yeah, at yeah. home when I got home. So, you know, you try and limit it to sort of a week on the road or a week to 10 days on the road and come home. Um, I, I was putting too much pressure on myself early to catch fish. Um, once I stopped wanting to catch fish and just filming the experience and the adventure and the location, the fish came. That might, may sound really, really silly, but, um, you know, if, if, if you were going out there chasing, for example, a big flathead from some estuary in New South Wales and you put all your eggs in that basket, it's a hard show to make if you don't catch one. Um, whereas if you just go, this is some beautiful estuary in New South Wales, look at that, look at that, look at that, um, and just have a few casts, um, crack a few cold ones, uh, that's when the big fish come. Yeah. So I think I just learned to really, um, rather than do it as a, as a jet set fly and fly out trip, I really just started to enjoy it. And, um, and I think that was, that, that sort of paid dividends toward the end of the trip. I was just like, yeah, should be right. You know, what sitting, will be, will be. I'm and sitting here we'll shaking. I'm sitting here shaking when he says relax. I don't think I've ever been relaxed fishing before. Well, I, know, I know how he was feeling. <laughs> I think that makes it more relatable because not every session that you go at is the greatest fishing expedition you've ever been on. But God, no. You hate this line, Aaron. I do but hate this line. Out. I was waiting for it. Going out, there's something special it's about nice it. nice to be out here. <laughs> hey, let's talk your most memorable, your three most memorable catches from your recent trip. What were yeah. they? What What was something that just you, you wanted to tick off on this trip before you began uh, and 18 sure. months later you come home and you go, that was pretty damn special to do? Well, one of the last fish I caught on this trip was actually at a place called... Um, What's it called up there in the top end? Um, oh, west, east of Darwin. Anyway, somewhere up there. Um, <laughs> and I caught a, a juvenile Queensland groper, which I've never caught. I've never landed before. So, you know, I fished for 15, 20 years around the top end, barra and whatever else. And occasionally you throw your lure into a snag and you just get dusted up by huge fish. And, you know, your, your local or your guide will say, oh, it's probably one of those gropers. And I'd never, I'd never caught one. I'd never seen one. And finally I hooked one sort of out out a little bit off the bank and um, fought it for a good probably half an hour chasing right. a big coder and I didn't get you know I didn't see it until the very end and sure enough it was a 
a big Queensland groper, which might not sound like a, a it's a big ugly cotty thing in reality, but it was one of those species that I really wanted to. Cats are actually quite pretty when they're juveniles. They've got the yellow spots on. How big was it? How big was oh, it? Probably, probably a metre. I don't know. Oh, it's maybe. a big fish. Yeah, sort of 15, 20 kilos maybe. Um, yeah, a big fish. Um, had was... like mud crabs spewing out of its mouth. Like, <laughs> I would have been picking those up. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they were pretty ranchers. They stink up there um, once they've been out. But yeah, that was King Ash Bay. So that was a great trip. Um, the trout that I mentioned, they were good. So... I actually had a mate of mine uh, who lives in Melbourne make some little lures uh, out of, you know, he whittled them out of wood and um, flew him down here and we uh, we caught some, yeah, very, very big trout on those lures, which was a highlight. Um, and the third fish would, would have to be the, the giant trevallies that we were catching in, uh, yeah, in sort of up on top of the flats of the, of the Great Barrier Reef. That stuff's insane. Like I've caught, GTs before on poppers where you sort of, you know, cruise along the deeper edges of the reefs. But um, but yeah, that that fishing on top of barrier reef um is absolutely world class. Can I give you mine? I'm going to give you one slightly different, but one of the fish that, for some reason, I've, I've caught one before. It's but still on my bucket list. You caught a beautiful Saratoga. There's something about Saratoga that I think is just. It's prehistoric in a sense, and you caught some beautiful fish as well. Yeah, that was a special day because we, we took ourselves off to a little lagoon that we've never fished in Kakadu um, and, you know, dropped the big bar crusher. That's the wrong word. Put the big bar crusher in, um, <laughs> you know, and, and just sort of started, um, started exploring up the edges of this lagoon, and I think we caught a nice barra. And then as it turned out, there was, there was lots and lots of Saratoga, and... Um, they're a great fish. They're, they're a difficult fish to get the hooks into. So you generally, you know, if you're using, say, a little soft plastic or something, um, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll see them hit it because the water was quite clear. Um, but getting the hooks in was kind of difficult. They've got a very bony mouth. Um, and is that because that big you know, bottom jaw as well? Like it's, a, it's almost a, a hooked jaw. Yeah, I guess it is. And I think they're pretty crap at eating because I've sort of tried to catch them on like surface lures and, like scum frogs and flies and things, you know, under the water lilies, um, and they just they just charge at it, and 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 I think they eat without thinking too much. I think they're just bad at <laughs> bad at getting the, the food in their mouth. Um, but when you do, sounds like them, my kids. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they fight fairly. They fight all right. They don't fight as well as a barra, but there there is something special about them with their colours and and those big scales and those little um, cat like whiskers under there. Under their chin, um, yeah, no, they're a beautiful fish. They certainly, you know, everyone says they're a prehistoric fish, and they certainly are. They, they look like not a lot of other species that we have in Australia. Take us back to Tassie now. You've got uh, sitting probably in the sheds the uh, the new project boat. It's finally on the water. Take us through the process with that, and what do you what do you plan to do with it? So yeah, it's actually living on Flinders Island, which is uh, you know Nick Dygan's other home away from home. Um, and we, the member, we the member, the member, the members other other <laughs> other <laughs> home from home, and uh, the member and myself actually launched the boat out of Bridport on the north coast um, a few months ago now, and and we set track for Flinders Island. We sent the trailer over on the barge, um, and we had an awesome island hopping day. I think it was like fifty odd nautical miles, um, and caught fish. And yeah, look, it's living over there catching giant crayfish and. 
uh, kingfish and snapper and that sort of thing. But it's probably that's sort of where we made the boat for. So we decided to instead of doing an old project boat this year, we'd do a new one. <laughs> was it was it nice to have something where everything's just perfect and it's nothing oh, against the God. the process of a project boat because there is a no, it is heaps the, against the, it because they are pricks to do, <laughs> especially glass. It moves, it carries on. Oh, I can't tell you how nice it was not to have some sort of disaster. <laughs> um, Particularly after the last one, because the last one was, I think, or maybe the one before, was a, a, a Pride Sea Raider, like an old. Yes, Caribbean that's what I grew up there. in. A, I grew up in a Pride. That's what my old man had. It's a, a good boat. <laughs> it was a good boat. It's yeah. a great boat. It's actually still. It's living locally to me. It's the guy from the local pub. Ball. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it goes beautifully. But my God, we had some issues. So. When we bought it, it was the start of COVID, so we had some glass work done on it in Victoria before bringing it back to Tassie. We were told it had 200 litres of fuel under the floor. It turned out it had 80. <laughs> um, so then we had to recut up the you know beautiful floor that had been done, um, and we tried to fix it by adding a, adding a plastic fuel tank and then re-glassing the floor, and then that failed. <laughs> then we had to cut it up for a third time and just bite the bullet and put a new fuel tank in it um, and finally it was fixed. But, you know, th- this is over a process of six or eight months and, you know, fibreglass guys are never very fast at doing their jobs. They're all crazy because they've been sucking in so many fumes, fumes and whatever else. For years. Um, <laughs> it's just like, oh, God, what else can go wrong? Um, but, no, look, this year we just thought let's put the newest stuff from Yamaha, so the Helmmaster, the, the joystick and, you know, the electric digital steering on the, on the twin outboards, and put it on a new boat. Um, they build the boats locally here in Tassie. Uh, it's sort of a rip-off of a, of a Haynes V19R. They've kind of extended it out to 21 foot. Um, fairly customizable, I guess. So we, we just decided to build more or less a work boat with a big sort of working area, wave breaker, and that was it, and, and, and twin 175s on the back. And no, it went like a rocket. Would have. <laughs> twin 175s. <175. laughs> I was going to say, yeah. it, it's not that Spartan, though. When you've got this beautiful sort of plush leather-looking cream seats, like it, it that was... That was a member's choice. Did that surprise you that that was a member's choice? Was there a red carpet walking down the middle? <laughs> yeah. It was sort of your Riviera sort of flybridge sort of seat that, uh, that you went sort of, It's sort of the look and feel that he goes for these days. It's like, God. It's, Change no, man, isn't he? Yeah, you should change, man. They're good seats because they, you know, they they flip from one side to the other, so you can be sitting on it facing forward, and then the backrest actually flips, so you can be sitting on it facing back, looking at your rods. Quite clever. Oh, Didn't like mind that. those. Yeah, Hated them when they first turned up. I thought, what the <laughs> hell are they? <laughs> but they they were actually quite practical. Um, the other thing we put on it was a, a cray pot hauler. Now I've never thought you really need one, at, and you know, at the cost of what they are, they're sort of several thousand dollars. Um, but God, that makes cray potting fun, you know, because <laughs> you don't have to pull them up. No, I, I was going to no. say there's a bit, there's a bit of a difference though with the size crays that you get in Tassie compared to just about everywhere else in the country. You do need a cray pot hauler to get the bloody things up. <laughs> to haul them up, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, it makes it uh, enjoyable in that you can. Well, it actually makes you catch more fish because you pot deeper water, which is probably been less potted, you know what I mean? So yeah, you're sort of potting 20 to 30 metre water. Um, and I've been told by a cray fisherman mate, like a pro, that if you're pulling them up by hand from that depth, the, it gives them a chance to get it out. So I don't know whether that's true or not. Whereas if you use your hauler, 
um, you know, it's coming it's up at a lot of and yeah. I can't get up. Yeah, my, yeah, my, so my craze would die of old age as I'm pulling it up, Pat. <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't get out. <laughs> they not, would die. I reckon you would no, die before they would die. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> Hardy, uh, what can we what can we look forward to uh, for this year for hook, line, and sinker? What have you got in store for us? An excellent question. I'm just waiting for the kids to go back to school and start. <laughs> um, but no, look, I've got a new bar crusher coming. So I've got the 780, the big one coming uh, with a windscreen this time. So the big hard top. Um, so that'll be, you know, some adventures in that. I'll probably bring it back to Tassie to start with um, before putting it on the road. And um, might look to even do some sort of, you know, circ- not a circumnavigation, but to sort of fish, fish my way around Tassie. Um, and then mix that in with some, some trips on the road. Um, you know, any ideas are welcome, basically. Might be time for you to take him. Uh, I was about to say, any ideas? Locally, do, you, do you need myself? Also, you know, they'll come on the trip. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's just work it out. We'll go and do it. Um, yeah, no, you know, as it gets colder, I'll go further north, I guess. Um, yeah, plan. so... Oh, actually, I, I'm, it's definitely happening, but I haven't given it too much thought yet. I'll get those kids back to school and then I'll get into it. Perfect. Sounds good. Uh, Hardy, thanks again for your time this morning. We always love chatting hook, line and sinker and the fun that you have on your show. That's easy to see and I think it's why certainly viewers relate to it as we do. Thanks for your time and Real Adventures this morning. Thanks, guys. That was all aboard for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy clubmarine.com.au It's now time for Red's Review, our product review of the week. Redmond, what do you have for us? Well, people would prefer to listen to Hardy than myself, so I've been told... How good keep a chat it, was that? It's always good with those boys. They're terrific. They're bloody Absolutely fantastic. terrific. And that's why we watch at their show. It's one of the... Yeah, it is. Because it's so relatable because they actually put on the stuff that goes wrong. Which is what happens for everyone. Just well, not, not every- everyone. Not everyone drops bar crushes at a boat wreck. <laughs> but, but I reckon it's a great thing to do to actually show, you know, the stuff that happens yeah. in, in genuine real life that people can relate to rather than just, it was a perfect day's fishing and everything went to plan. It was, that was a prick of a day <laughs> and we're going to the pub. And they actually show it, like you said, like they actually show how it happened. Like it's, it's so good. Uh, the, the, the review. Gen Y hitch. Now, I bought a truck the other yes, week. Got the Ram. This is good. This is I haven't good. used the Ram properly yet, so just been moving house and stuff. So, we'll review next week, Pat, on that. But this week, it's the Gen Y hitch. And basically, what it is, it's for my car. Yep. You can use it on your car. You can use it on any car. Now, what you want to do with it, or what, what the reason you get it for, is it's an adjustable hitch as such. So, basically, it has four different heights on this. So, for instance, if I go from towing your boat, down to towing a tinny. My car is on airbags as, as such, but like your, for instance, your Everest isn't. So you need to sit higher. And we did this on your tow ball the last time we used it. Yes, because the Ranger sits so high with yep. the tow bar that I couldn't get the jockey wheel high enough to, to hit the 750. Yeah. Well, that, this is the ultimate item then, because what you do is you change the four heights on it. You've got four different heights. It's reversible as well, so you can obviously switch it around if you need, need to go even higher. It's bloody brilliant. Well, on, the, on my car, just as an example, if I want to tow, say, my little boat or then go to your boat, instead of having to winch it up higher, etc., you just move the hitch around. But not only or that... Or get the goddamn spanner out and then try and belt <laughs> it with a hammer to <laughs> like try and get to. a little bit of extra height. Well, we had to... The reason that it's for is safety as well. 
So the reason for safety is getting your toe ball. The reason you have airbags in the car, for instance, is to have a the right toe height. You want it balanced through. You want the same balance. You don't want. You'll see some cars going down the highway, especially with like horse floats and etc. And the horse floats down or up, and it's the car. That's when you start to get the shakes. Yes. So it makes it a lot safer. These are up to four and a half ton towing capacity, which and you're pretty much not gonna like. There's not no. too many things your that you boat's, won't be able to tow. Your boat is a seven fifty hardtop North Bank, and there's nowhere near that. It's, we're well under that. So four and a half ton towing capacity. And on, it you includes this so you can take my goddamn boat to Bermagui. Yes, I'm not going. There's no other answer. I've got no. Yes, includes a. So it also includes a versatile hitch. Cheeky bugger. So what that means is it has a 50 mil and a 70 mil. Now, for instance, you can change for caravan. Some caravans will have bigger hitches. I know you're just purchased a new Lotus. Well, got given one probably, but you've got oh, a new. Geez. You've got a new. It could be a 70 mil tow ball, or it could be a 50. Just the 50 hit me with the door on the way, and I. Uh, it was, it was a quick one, quick sharp one. <laughs> 50 mil or 70 mil. So it comes with the, two, with the two sizes and literally it just swaps around either yep. side. So tinnies right up to your big caravans, right up to your big Bertrams. If you want to do a, a custom boat like the Hook, Line and Sinker boys that have a bigger hitch on their trailers, you can. it has it all. So it's the Gen Y hitch. I think they're just under 1000 bucks, Pat, from basically Ge- Geelong Marine World's where I got mine from. And just under 1000 bucks. Go see Jake and the team there. And they'll like do we a good deal. You can search online. If you get a couple hundred grand into your boat or your caravan or your trailer, it's it's not a what's a what a thousand bucks, and you're going to have a nice comfort ride. You know it's going to be safe, and the less of a pain in the ass if you're buying if you're buying this stuff already that needs this, you should be able to technically afford a thousand bucks for for a very good tow hitch, in my opinion. That is Red's review. Plenty more real adventures after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's tip. And he's come off the long run-up. Glenn McGrath is coming in. He's Just, steaming oh, in. I haven't got long here. Look at that. Brett Lee. Look at that for a second. You Can are, you see that? You so for those sh- that are playing at home... You are showing me a picture of a car launching its boat with its car. Well, it's my, it's, it's my car. The high beams look to be on. Well, just their lights. But it looks like high beams, doesn't it? It does. So Red's tip, I say it too many times on this show, please turn your lights off at the boat ramp. I understand not all cars turn their lights off, but turn them at least as down as low as they go. I've got two different photos. Look at the difference in the daylight looking with your head out the window and yes. look through your mirror there. Yep. How hard it is to see. Now, what I'm showing Pat is how hard it is to see when you have your headlights on reversing down. It's not hard. Please. Turn your headlights off. It'll make life easier for other people and yourself because hopefully Bob and John do it when you're reversing down. That's Red's tip, Patrick. And it's now time for the late gaff because I took the early one. You did. Uh, the flying gaff this week goes to uh, goes to the Western Australian Police, Aaron. Yeah, this is very good. The boys in blue have been uh, they've been left red faced, uh, as reported on uh, drive.com.au after getting their patrol car stuck on a remote beach in Western Australia. Not a not a Colorado patrol car, not a Ute patrol car. Oh, you'd think that's what it yep. would be. Yep. You'd think that's what it would be. No, you'd it, think it would be a beach car. Yep. 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 No, it was a uh, it was a Toyota Camry <laughs> patrol car that was driven onto Wharton Beach near Esperance on the south coast, a popular spot for. Uh, you know, for holiday makers yep. and particularly four wheel drives, Aaron. Four wheel drivers, though. 
the boys decided that, you know, you know what? No, the Toyota Camry has got it covered. The big bull, the Toyota's got it covered. It, it'll do the off-road uh, work no trouble at all. It's got all-wheel drive. That'll work. <laughs> uh, no, no, it didn't. And didn't it go viral? And that's what our taxpayers' money pay for. <laughs> police to be someone I bet you. You don't reckon... I love they, the police, when, but... When they, got back that's a good to, one. when they got back to the station, there wasn't someone going... Do you, do, you, you do you naturally lose like a stripe on your shoulder for that? I think yeah. you should. I think you lose. You certainly, I would say, you'd lose all respect at the station. <laughs> do you reckon they had maxis? <laughs> they didn't have maxi tracks. Uh, we might have to. Maxi tracks. If you're listening or anyone from their PR space, please send them. Provided um, to the police, you send some to Western Australia. The boys down there. Uh, thanks for your company on Real Adventures this morning, Aaron. What are you chasing this weekend? Big week. I've been off the water because of the packing. So this week, making up for it. I'll have a good look at the weather. I want to I, those kingfish we spoke about Ooh, at the start yes. of the show. They're on the radar. Few tuna. They're starting to get a little bit hungrier. So uh, yeah, a few of those on the options at the moment. Pat. And then packing, of course, <laughs> for my trip to no to mar- marlin fishing. Great. Boat's gonna have hey, more boat. scratches. Yep. We'll see you on the water next week. <laughs>